Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 97 and it is Tuesday, November 7th, 2017. And I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yes, we are on Facebook Live once again, so thank you so much for tuning in, joining us on your uh, wonderful Tuesday evening. Tonight, we're going to be talking about... Wonderful. It's cold as hell outside. Yeah, well, that's that's what it should be, Carl. It should be cold in November. I, I like warm Novembers, though. I mean, I do too, but, you know, global warming, climate change, it's it's not good, man. <laughs> but... uh. But yeah, man, uh, thank you for joining us on your on a wonderful Tuesday evening. We're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok as our main discussion for tonight, getting into some spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film and if you want to, by all means, do that. Yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of this one. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty you pretty much know how we do. You know, we we got to get into the nuts and bolts of the film and what we thought. And then, of course, we got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, headlines to get into as well, you know. All and all other good, all the nerd goodness and magic and wonderfulness and deliciousness, as as we do. Yeah, you're in that damn word, delicious, man. Hey, listen, man. Th- listen, man. Yo, you, your insecurity about the word delicious is it's is fascinating. Just, just use another term. Oh please, use what? another term. <laughs> that what? actually came up on like my time hop like a couple of days ago. <laughs> We did the Netflix and Chill episode. I just bugged out laughing. Oh man! I think man. that still remains like my like top episode. Oh yeah, Th- those those are those are the days. Episode nineteen, Codex yeah. Prime and Chill, man. Uh, so I see that you're sharing the episode of right now. I, of course I am. Yep, That's what I do. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we'll be getting into stuff we've been up to. You know, some headlines, and then we'll get into Thor. So with that, Carl, tell us what have you been up to. These past few uh, days. Well, I I um finished my end of the my end of our little de- our deal. Mm-hmm. Well, you read Charlemagne the God's book. Black privilege and opportunity comes to those who create it. Yep. So, hey, what's going on, Ed? And uh, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I watched your two the two Criterion movies that you handpicked. The first one was uh, Dress to Kill. Mm-hmm. And the second one was um, Mulholland Drive. Yes, yes. That's a weird fucking movie. It's. Sure I need is. you to. I may need you to like help me. I need. I may need you to help me out with this. Okay, so Mulholland Drive is a 2001 um, mystery neo noir film. What does neo noir film mean? Enlighten me in that. Uh, well, neo noir. It's like it's like a contemporary uh, take of like the a film noir genre back in the 40s and 50s, like oh. detective stories, like mystery narratives oh okay cool yeah so um yeah it was directed by written and directed by david lynch yep so it's basically about an aspiring actress named betty played by played by naomi watts Mm -hmm. who moves out to atlanta i mean not atlanta to um la to become you know to become an actress Mm -hmm. and she befriends an amnesia woman named laura herring who was in a car accident at the beginning of the film yep and um and she was hiding in her aunt's apartment where Betty was staying at. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, the film consists of a whole bunch of like unrelated like vignettes and parts that literally that had nothing to do with it, but eventually connect. But it was still just like so weird. Like I think the movie would have just done well, would have been okay, just mm-hmm. about okay, homegirl's trying to become an actress. She 
meets her friend who has amnesia, trying to, you know, and um, they're trying to figure, they spend the movie trying to figure out, like, who she was and, like, how was she, how did she get the way she, you know, the way she was. But then mm-hmm. it's like, it took a whole left turn with this blue box and the blue key business. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, uh, there was this one guy who was with his friend talking about it. He had dreams in a diner. And there's like, oh my God, there's this guy who's behind the diner. And then like, I guess that was where the dream ends. And the next thing you know, like they show him and it's just some witch doctor looking dude. And then I don't know if he dies or like, but I think Mm -hmm. he doesn't die because he shows up at the end. Mm -hmm. And then like the two, the weird old couple that was just sitting in the back of the cab at the beginning of the movie, just awkwardly, just weirdly smiling. Mm -hmm. Like it was just hard for me to really piece everything together. Yeah. So it was like I just I just felt like all that really wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Like all the extra stuff and they just could have just spent the movie just trying to figure out how this girl got amnesia. Okay. So um did you enjoy the film? It was just weird. Like I really <laughs> just couldn't like I was just really trying to figure out and the next thing you know Betty disappears. Yep. So I'm like, where's Betty go? Now, next thing you know, I see this girl, this um other girl, was it Denise? Mm. No, Diane. Yeah. It was Diane, and then, and I'm just like, where'd she come from? And just, things didn't add up, and then Billy Ray Cyrus was in the movie playing a girl, playing um the man that um Adam, the director, his wife was cheating on him with, and mm-hmm. I, I just found that kind of odd. Just, I think whenever I see Billy Ray Cyrus, it's like, you're just odd. Why are you... Still doing stuff. Mm. Just make money off your daughter and just that's it. Oh, yeah, he's Miley Cyrus's pops, right? Yeah. Okay. Hence the last name Cyrus. Oh, okay. Well, Cyrus is a common last name, so. I don't know nobody else named Cyrus. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, I mean, would I watch it again? Probably not. Mm. Okay. I would probably, I would say that this one is the least. Of my favorites out of the um two out of the two the three Criterion films that you picked out mm-hmm. for me to watch yeah because you know you got original Juana Man which was Tootsie no, it's not original Juana Man explain the plot explain the plot of Tootsie Tootsie is about an act an actor played by Dustin Hoffman okay whose career is on the outs All right. so in order for him to like get, regain his popularity he poses as an actress so he dresses up in drag. Okay, and Joanna Man is about a struggling basketball player who's who's played by Miguel Nunez Jr. Mm-hmm. And his basketball career was was um struggling, so he decided to dress and drag as Joanna Man to resurrect his popularity and get his basketball career going again. Well, Tussie was better. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, sure it was. What up, Kyle? What up, Furman? What's up? So like, but it's still like I still gave. Tootsie is props. It's the original Joanna Man. Joanna Man definitely took the formula. True. So, I mean, I was just, yeah, it's the original Joanna Man. I mean, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And then Dress to Kill was very good, too. Yeah. Dress to Kill was, you know, it had that little, it it was was like a suspense thriller, I guess. Suspense mystery thriller. Yep, it is. So, you know, I got caught into that. But yeah, Mulholland Drive was just weird. Okay. This is weird. I was very Victor-like. 
<laughs> well, you know, David Lynch, like he 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 tends to make a lot of like weird stuff for the sake of being weird. That's right up your alley. You love that movie, don't you? I do. It's yeah, exactly. You seem like the type that just watches those weird ass movies that'll just show like a girl in the kitchen crying, and then next thing you know, it'll just show a guy in the door, and the next thing you know, it won't even say the end. It'll just say thin, and it has some opera music in the background, and you're just oh, just just. Lovely, just a lovely film. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it it is an artsy uh, mystery thriller, and 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 I will say, you know, it's 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 one of my it's my favorite David Lynch film, and it's my favorite film of two thousand one, and it's yeah, I'm glad that you gave it a shot, and you know, and your your summary was actually actually sort of concise for a movie that doesn't have doesn't Seems have a clear plot. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what it is. It must be the Wi-Fi or something, or on Facebook. Send. Um, are we are we coming in loud and clear as far as sound goes, or is that stuttering too? How was Ragnarok? We're getting into Ragnarok soon, so I guess we're. Yeah. I guess they can hear us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah, Mulholland Drive. I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, that you that you uh checked it out, and uh, yeah. That's awesome. The Carl Bird su- the Carl Bird summary review of Mulholland Drive, people. So, what else have you been up to? Anything else? Nope. No. <laughs> All right. It's a boring ass weekend. Mm. Well, as for me, um, being that this is the month of November, uh, you know what this uh, means, here we right? Go. You know what it means, right? Here we go. I'm gonna continue sharing. Go out. Go on and. Well, uh, have you a little party. well, this being the month of November, uh, this means that it's uh, Barnes and Noble's Criterion Collection sale. 50% off all Criterion films, Blu-rays and DVDs, as well as box sets. And yes, your, your boy Victor Omoyo went to Barnes and Noble on November 1st and he, caught, and he, and he bought a few, just a few uh, Criterion uh, Blu-rays, which I do not have on my person. But I'll I'll break down what I bought. Uh, so I bought uh, four Criterion films. One was uh, Barry Lyndon, uh, the classic film by Stanley Kubrick, one of the most gorgeous looking films ever made. Uh, I also bought Rebecca, which is Alfred Hitchcock's Oscar winner for Best Picture, 1940. Excellent mystery uh, film, beautifully uh, photographed. Uh, I also bought this uh, Walter Matthau film called Hopscotch, which is kind of like a, a spy parody comedy uh, film. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about, heard about it for years. So I'll, I'll get I'll get done on watching it. And I bought the film uh, Personal Shopper starring Kristen Stewart, which came out this year. And Personal Shopper was really good. It's like a, another artsy mystery thriller with, with a pretty uh, opaque plot. And it's definitely um, one of the best acting performances I've seen from Kristen Stewart, and and she's and she's a much better actress than people give her credit for. You know, people say people think of her as oh, like Twilight. No, no, no. The Twilight movies, like anybody would have turned into terrible performance. She was just, that was a collecting a paycheck. Watch her other stuff outside of Twilight. She's really good, and Personal Shopper is a great example of that. So yeah, those are the films I bought from the Criterion sale. Um, there's one more film that I have my eye on, which I will be going to Barnes and Noble later this month to buy to getting. What's up? So Furman said, did they hand you a "You're Better Than Everyone Else" shirt when you walked into Barnes and Noble? Uh, unfortunately, Furman, they they ran out. They ran out of stock for for those T-shirts. But I will ask uh, next time I go there. Uh, but yes, those are what I bought from uh, from the Criterion sale at Barnes and Noble. Um, I also watched uh, two films uh, last week. 
Um, last Thursday was the opening night of the Providence Art and Design Film Festival. I saw you like that. I was, I've been meaning to ask you about that, but I've just been distracted by a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, um, it was it was really cool. Um, I, it was at the it was at the RISD, RISD Museum, Rhode Island School of Design, and uh, the opening film that they showed was uh, Ruben Ausland's uh, latest film called The Square. It's a, which is like a, a Swedish film, and it was a really it was a really good film. It was like a it's like a comedy drama, and uh, it stars uh, this actor, Clace Clace Bang. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Also stars Elizabeth Moss and Dominic West, and the whole film is like a whole like send up slash parody slash commentary on like the pretentiousness of like the art culture world, and. Um, and it's about and and Clay Spang, he plays this art curator named Christian who whose life kind of turns upside down where he his cell phone and his wallet is stolen and like and throughout the film he's trying to still like preserve his veneer of this cultured this you know this well-mannered guy who always takes the high road and he's always trying to live up to his ideals and like throughout the film it's it it turns out to be pretty bizarre pretty hilarious and almost farcical and it's 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 a film that's kind of hard to describe as far as like what it's trying to aim for as far as its plot goes, but it was really good. It was really entertaining. Um, there was one really bizarre scene in the film where uh, after he gets his wallet and 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 cell phone stolen, like he him and his 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 uh, employee in the at the museum, they come up with this plan to like send uh, threatening letters to this uh all these residents in this apartment building because they track the his cell phone as a tracker so they track his cell phone to this apartment building so they write all these uh threatening letters and they make copies of it and they just put it in everyone's mailbox so they can track down the person who actually stole his his stuff and from there like the film just gets even more bizarre and there's even there's even a, a scene in the film where some guy as part of like some sort of like weird performance art exhibit thing he acts like a monkey and he goes and he and he's like He's going. He's he walks into this like this this or big dinner dinner hall, this big dinner party, and he's acting like you know what an extra from Planet of the Apes, like like you know just making grunting noises, like ooh, ooh ah, ah ah, and like he's just like jumping on tables. He's like physically attacking the guests. He drags one woman by her hair, and like everybody's just standing sitting still, like afraid of afraid of going head up with this big brolic muscular dude acting like a monkey and like that and that and that seems like a commentary on like the whole bystander effect like how far would you go uh until you decide to step in and help somebody no matter how crazy was no he was a white dude okay yeah um and it was uh because if the dude was black then that movie would have been that scene would have been pretty damn racist but uh that's why i had to like yeah i had to like give you his look like wait what yeah and and Furman says two things yeah, if I know anything about Sweden, is that they have fantastic movies, mm-hmm. and this movie sounds amazing. It is like it's the square. It's a movie that like it's pretty unconventional. Like it's it's sort of episodic. Like it'll it's one of those like comedy dramas where you just sit down and you just let it take you to where it wants to take you. Like you you just don't predict where it's going. Just just let it take you to where it wants to take you. It's 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 really good, and if it if it and when it comes out, you know, maybe in, in a wider release or on Blu-ray, DVD, I do, or on Netflix, I recommend checking it out because it's a really good film, The Square. And it's by Ruben Ostland, who also directed Force Majeure, which came out in 2014. So I saw that, and it was a, it was a great film for uh, kicking off the 
Providence Art and Design Film Festival's opening night. Really good hors d'oeuvres too at the at the uh, at RISD. Yeah, they served you hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Oh, sh- shut up, man. I mean, look, you know, they had like these these cured uh, salmon uh, uh, pieces. Salmon. Yeah. Shout outs to Afton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good, you know. But but anyway, uh, I saw that, and I also saw this really cool documentary. Which came up, which is available on um, iTunes and Amazon. You can rent it for like four ninety nine, and it's called Rat Film. And Rat Film, it's a it's a documentary by Theo Anthony, and it's a documentary about the rat problem in Baltimore, and how that parallels the racism problem, the history of racism in that city. And it's a it's a it's a really fascinating documentary, and I think you'll like it. Uh, I think you'll like watching it um, because the whole the what, what? rat film is it because I have a phobia of rats. Even so, I think you'll find it fascinating. Like it's not it's not grotesque. Like the film, like it, it, it follows a few people where it, it's a commentary on like rats and racism, and how they both like have like a parallel history in, in Baltimore. Like for example. Um, there was a there's a, a rat catcher like a rat exterminator in the film. His name's Edmund. He's like, a, and he, Edmund's watching. Uh, I just had to laugh at that. Well, he's a he's like he's an older gentleman, and he says in the beginning of the film, he says that there ain't no pe- there ain't no rat problem in Baltimore. There's a people problem, and he uses and he pontificates throughout the film, and and the film shows different examples of how. Uh, the rat problem in Baltimore was how it was addressed versus how uh, the problem of racism and how uh, poor black people were forced to live in slums was addressed, where there's one part in the film where they talk about this experiment that these scientists did in Baltimore, where they gathered all these rats in like this big, this big cage where you had like, um, where you had like uh, the rats that were living on like the upper part of the trap or the upper part of the enclosure, like they had, they had a good idea that they had the most food, they had the most resources, they can get food and water anytime. Then you had like the middle, the middle row of rats, they had like half those resources. And then you had the bottom rats that lived at the bottom of the enclosure. And they, were, it was, and they had little to no resources. Like their, their, the, the young rats were dying because like the, the rats weren't able to provide adequate um, shelter or nesting for their young. And once and once they once they uh, established that that strata, that social strata between like the upper tier rats, the middle tier rats, and the lower tier rats, they let them all loose inside the enclosure. So they all they all uh, killed each other one on one. Like some some like some 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 of the male rats became alpha rats and like uh, dominated some of the females and kept them for themselves. Whereas the middle tier rats. You know, got killed off. Some some resorted to cannibalism, eating each other, eating their own young to survive, and they used that parallel to how uh, the city of Baltimore was set up for like since since the 30s, where you had redlining and redistrict redistricting, where you had uh, poor black people forced to live in the slums. And then you had the white people that used to live in those same areas were able to get uh, housing loans to move out to the suburbs. And how they were able to avoid the behavioral sink, so they're in the upper tiers of society. And whereas the people who still live in the slums in Baltimore are still like you know forced to survive, forced to like you know unfortunately kill each other, and you know get one over each other in order to survive and to make ends meet, however they can. And that same parallel is used with the rats because it's like at the end of the day, the rats are seen as vermin, but they're hardy creatures in that 
you know, yeah, they may have a short lifespan, but they're built to survive. They're going to survive no matter what you do. You can't kill them all. So Rat Film is pretty excellent in kind of drawing that uh, parallel. It's it's a pretty powerful documentary. It's pretty. I'm not deep. watching that. You should watch it. I'm not watching that. In fact, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, rats can jump upwards of uh, 32 inches off the ground. In Baltimore, in order to combat that problem, the trash cans in Baltimore are 34 inches, whereas rats can only jump up to 32 inches. So, so if rats are tra- once rats are inside, felt fall inside a, a trash can, they can't get out. I lived in Baltimore. I yeah. hate rats. I don't. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I mean, don't don't be a don't be a punk, all right? I mean, watch. Why does it gotta be a punk? No, I don't want to watch a movie with a whole bunch of goddamn rats cannibalizing each other. Well, you don't see the rats eating each other. It's also about the people. Like you have the you have some people like who breed breed like the little tiny uh, baby mice and they feed them to snakes, and you also have like uh, this couple that has these two rats as pets. Like they mouse poof their home and they're watching TV, and the rats like sit on top of their heads while they're watching TV, just chilling. Gross. It's gross, but... Yeah, then... I'm not doing it. Yep, call me a punk. So don't be like... Don't, so don't be like Carl. Watch Rat Film. It's one of the best documentaries of this year. You can watch it on iTunes or Amazon. It's available to rent four ninety nine. Check it out if you're looking for something unique and don't have a pho- phobia of rats like some people. I have a phobia of rats, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Soft. Be all right. <laughs> be okay. Yep, I'll be soft. All right. Fuck rats. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, rats are a lot like Patriots fans, you know. But anyway, uh, make of that what you will. Got to get these people started. I'm just saying. Did, did the Patriots play this weekend? No, they were on a bye week. Okay. Did how, what's their record? Six, oh, seven, no, six and two. Six and two. Yeah. Damn, that's too many wins. And uh, what about the uh, the Dallas Cowpokes? My Dallas Cowboys won. Okay, what's their record? Five and three. Okay, that's good. You're, you you guys are on the come up. Yeah. You guys are on the come up. That's cool. You know, um, now the Dallas we Cow- beat the we beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the team who blew out the Patriots in Week One. Nice, that's awesome. And um, and 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 refresh my memory. As far as the Cowboys go, the name of your your team's arena that's the Dallas Sportatorium. No, AT and T Stadium. Really? Like what? Yeah. What? Damn, you're so bougie when it comes to sports. <laughs> is it not the Dallas Sportatorium? No, it is not. Wow. I mean, I thought the it Dallas was. Dallas Sportatorium was where World Class Championship Wrestling and Global Wrestling Federation held their mat, held their events in the 80s, oh. early 90s. Oh, and that building that's is right. distru- and that building has been torn down since. Oh yeah, that's right. It's not around anymore. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Nah, next time I go though, I do want to visit like that spot just to just to have stay, just to say like I stood there, you know. Okay. Because there's there's been a lot of wrestling history there. Oh, word. That's what's up. Oh, and and AT&T Stadium is also nicknamed Jerry World. Jerry World? Yeah, because our our owner of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, basically, like, built the... He he basically built the stadium. It's his. Uh, hmm, I see. So it's it's pretty much, like, privately owned. Um, no, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, but that's that's another discussion. I have a whole spiel I can get into about like stadiums and how too much taxpayer money is built yeah, for that shit. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You football fans need to prioritize your lives. But anyway, jobs. what jobs? 
What 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 what, you know what jobs? Work at that damn stadium? A lot. And how much of that how much of that money is actually being funneled into the communities that those stadiums are built? I'm sure there's some. None. Zero. It is not a monument to himself. It's not. It is. No, it's not. I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, well, even somebody who's been there. It is not. Okay, well, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll leave you. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you love the AT&T Sportatorium. But anyway, let's I get into... So okay, now you're just baking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into some news and items of this week. Uh, starting with some awesome wrestling news. Uh, Chris Jericho will be taking on Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12. And did, you see the, did you see the video clip when, they cha- when he challenged him? I did not see the clip. Uh, it's posted on our page. Okay. Yeah, that shit was dope. Like, mm. I really can't wait. It. Somehow, some way, we gotta like figure out a way to watch that. Yeah, like, like I, I, I've, I have my sources of of watching uh certain events from That's New Japan. Not legal. Technically, I mean, look, no comment. Anyway. Oh, see, we caught caught you again. No, 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 no. It's 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 no, it's a website. But anyway, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling's annual Wrestle Kingdom Twelve event. Uh, it's, it's taking place January fourth, twenty eighteen, and Jericho and Omega's match was made official after weeks of going back and forth on That's Twitter. Funny, yeah. Yo, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm game. I want to. I'm ready for that one. Yeah, I mean, two. Con- I think that match alone will probably like be better than this year's WrestleMania. I think so. If WrestleMania is booked right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in other words, give me AJ and Shinsuke in, for, at WrestleMania, then I'm like, yeah, that's neck and neck. Yeah, I know, man. That would be two. That would be like match of the year, like neck and neck. Yeah, in the nominees right there. But yeah, Jericho and Omega is awesome because you know Omega, he's currently the New Japan um, IWGP US Champion, and uh, Jericho, he's one of the he's one of the goats, one of the greatest of all time. You have, uh, I agree. Yeah, two two prime Canadian wrestlers going at it. Hey, hey, shit! I will watch it by any means. Yes, yes, I will. I will definitely be tuning in somehow, some way. Because, I mean, if you if you're not familiar with if you're not familiar with Kenny Omega's matches, yo, watch his trilogy of matches with uh, Okada from this year, hottest of fire. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, you seen you seen those matches with Okada? No, I didn't. I saw like highlights of them. But... Oh man, you got to sit down and watch the whole thing, man. They're they're banging. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going down in wrestling. Um, moving on to some other unfortunate news uh, here. Uh, Netflix drops Kevin Spacey after sexual misconduct allegations. Okay, now yeah, go yeah go deep down into this because I heard the. I've been hearing the um, the headlines, but I never had the chance to like read into it. Yeah, um, uh, apparently, uh, Netflix formally cut ties with Kevin Spacey after allegations of sexual misconduct were made by actor Anthony Rapp, who accused Spacey of of making sexual advances when Rapp was fourteen years old. Uh, almost 30 years ago. Uh, In addition to dropping Spacey off House of Cards, Netflix has also canceled production of Gore, a biopic about Gore Vidal, which would have starred Spacey in the role. 
Uh, in a report by Variety, uh, Netflix explained that the sixth season of House of Cards is still moving forward without Spacey because they feel, feel that the rest of the approximately 300 members of the show's cast and crew should not be punished because of Spacey's behavior. Uh, writers on House of Cards are, are already rewriting the next season, and one idea would be, would be to shift the focus of the series on Robin Wright's character, Claire Underwood. I never had to finish it. Never had never finished uh, House of Cards. I still, it's a show that I really still want to finish. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I don't think that show is gonna be the same without Kevin Spacey. Like Frank Underwood is like the truth, from what I've seen in the first three seasons. Mm. But I mean, this is like highly. This is highly unfortunate because I really mm. think like Kevin Spacey is a good actor. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a good actor w- uh, without question. But you know, this is just one of the latest in all the the Hollywood crackdown of of dirty sexual deviants out there Harvey harassing Weinstein. people. Harvey uh, Weinstein. Yeah, I think Harvey Weinstein kind of takes a cake, though. Oh yeah, like Harvey Weinstein, who's like at the top of the heap. Uh, you had the director James Toback, who was accused as well. Now Kevin Spacey, which is unfortunate. And man, that's 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 just shitty. And, you know, I, I think I think, you know, with with Spacey being being kicked off House of Cars and Netflix, I think we're starting to see at least a, at the very least a positive change, like a changing of of the guard in a sense that, you know, the, the, the so-called casting couch. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Hopefully that will no longer be all, a thing. He's all done. You think he may be all done, though? Because didn't um, who's that? Oh my god! It was another. It was another director who got caught like molesting kids. Not molesting kids. Uh, he was. He he did rape a thirteen year old. If you're thinking about Roman Polanski, they, that's his name. Yeah, like him. Didn't he like resurrect and still? Isn't he still working? Yeah, he's still working because he left the country before he was uh, convicted, and he he hasn't been back in the U.S. since. Oh, so all those movies that he's been directing recently are from are out of the country. Yeah, everything that That's he's done. Cool. Yeah, and like there were there was an attempt to extradite him back from Switzerland to the U.S., but that that didn't succeed. And uh, there was even a petition from some other Hollywood actors and directors to you know f- to quote unquote free Roman Polanski. But it's like, no, the this this isn't this isn't an accusation. The guy did it. The guy yeah. he did. Yeah, didn't he like admit it? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, he did. And then the 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 the, the survivor, the the woman, she she's she's long since moved on. But even then, like, you know, at the end of the day, Polanski, he got away with his crime. And yeah, yeah. he he did make a few great movies. I will admit, but he st- that still doesn't change the fact that he's still a piece of shit. Yeah, name a couple of his movies. Uh, he did China Ch- Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. um, The Pianist. Okay. Yeah, um, the Ghost Hunter, or no, no, the Ghost Writer with Ewan McGregor. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, man. It's like it's like it's it's an out of control thing, man. And, and Kevin Spacey, man, as damn, that's just, that's a shame. It's, it, it, I, that, it's, that really is a shame. I like Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but unfortunately, man, with with all these allegations and whatnot, you you gotta you gotta pay the price, man. All you right, can't get away a, with this a, shit. Can we up? Can we up? You know, shed some light in this convo. Now it's getting a little bit too dark. Too yes, dark yes. Let's let's. I'm on this podcast to have fun. Damn it. Yes. Uh, you do. You do need. You need. To, you do need some more fun in your life. That's for sure. Me. Yeah. I think I have plenty of fun. 
Obviously, you didn't see my Snapchats from my birthday party last week. Oh, uh, that's well. Do you remember your birthday party? Sorry. I do. Okay, I do. Okay, so, but you were white boy wasted though, right? Just wasted enough. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that way you need to be. Yeah. All right. Um, in other news here, to which I say no thank you to this one, Lord of the Rings. A television series based on Lord of the Rings is possibly coming to Amazon. Uh, Warner Brothers TV and the Tolkien Estate are in early talks with Amazon Studios to bring the world of Middle Earth to TV, but no date has been set yet. Yeah, I'd rather not. Uh, in a way, yeah. that's kind of like beating a dead horse. I, I would agree. Because um, the, Lord, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, those are modern classics, masterpieces, which you should still see, Carl. Eventually, I'll do it. Step your nerd game up, son. Look, my nerd game is just fine. You haven't even seen the Harry Potter movies, too. Or I don't the... care to watch them. I oh. had no interest in watching them. Okay, fair enough. But you haven't even seen the Alien movies, not even Alien or Aliens. I told you I watched those at, like as a kid, so I just need to revisit those. Yeah, revisit those. Just revisit the first three. That's all you really need. Resurrection, eh, it's... if you look at Resurrection as like a fun professional fan fiction film, then yeah, it's still enjoyable for what it is, but it's still pretty bad. Sure. Yeah, um, Lord, Lord of the Rings, like I said, um, they're, they're, those are modern masterpieces. The Hobbit movies you can skip. I don't really care for those. Um, I don't see what, what a television series would really accomplish, especially with Game of Thrones. No, yeah, first of all, yeah, Game of Thrones is pretty much taking the cake right now. Like, yeah. but, 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 you know, with Lord of the Rings, it's like they're just trying to, like, make some money off the franchise. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, unless like I could see like maybe like have like an uh, an original original original, but yet still set in the universe. Yeah, and like maybe some like a storyline that takes place like after the whole One Ring saga. Yeah, have something else entirely different. Then I then I would be down for that. But if it's just gonna be like, so which trilogy would you choose, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings? Hmm. Hashtag Clerks Two. Oh man, that's a good one. Well. If you're talking about the OG Star Wars trilogy versus the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. oh man, that's that's a really good one. Buy or sell. Mm. Man, that is so tough. Like like back then I would have said Star Wars like without thinking about it. But now I'm I gotta really think about that. So um See, Eddie said the Hobbit the Hobbit trilogy was dope. Uh I mean, I will have to agree to disagree. I think the Hobbit trilogy had a lot of filler because it was like three movies based on a book that was like this thick. Like the 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 Hobbit was was originally going to be two movies, but they stretched it to three, and you could tell like where they padded it out. It was like pretty unbearable. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, Carl, I'm a I'll go with Star Wars, the classic trilogy, just by a, just by a, a narrow hair over the Lord of the Rings. Was good, Jamie. Yeah. So yeah, that's so there. That's that. Um, and speaking of Star Wars, uh, Disney has set steep conditions for theaters to show Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, Disney increased its box office take from the Hollywood standard of 55% to 65% and is demanding theaters to exclusively screen the film in their largest auditoriums for at least four weeks. So violating these terms or even canceling a single screening without permission from Disney may see a theater charged an additional 5% of the box office take as the penalty. So in addition, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that last part in a second, but mm-hmm. but this this is Disney clearly 
strong-arming theaters where, like, normally, normally, like, studios take 55% of, like, box office uh, uh, profits and sales. Mm -hmm. But with The Last Jedi, Disney decided to say, well, we want an extra 10% of box office sales. So instead of 55, it's 65%. And if you don't show this movie in your your largest screen, largest auditoriums, then we're going to tack on another 5% and another 5% for every day that you don't uh, screen it in in the largest uh, auditoriums. Should have did that with episode seven. They would have caked up. Well, they already did because episode seven yeah, made yeah a billion. It made a billion. Yeah, it made. I mean, I don't think. I don't, hey, Michaela, I don't think like episode eight will make as much as episode seven. I think, I think it was it would stand to make. I would say it would make as much. I don't think so. You don't really. No, I don't think so. I think it would be it would make a lot. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it won't make as much. Because remember, how long did we wait for episode seven? Oh, man. We waited for like a good like like 15 years. Exactly. We just got episode seven two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's episode eight. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, there, yeah. yeah there's... I just don't think, I don't think it will, it's, just, it's definitely going to make a lot, but not as much as episode seven. Hmm. Just because the, there was more, to me, it just seems like there's more hype for, there, there was more hype for episode seven than there is eight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, th- I think with, um, and also too with Disney, I think they're just being way too, way too greedy, you know, because how much, how much more money can they possibly make? There's never too much. There's never, there's no such thing as too much money. Yeah. But they're, they're, uh, so I think that Disney's, uh, I think they're being they're pretty much dicks for you know trying to demand more of a cut from box office uh, ticket sales for for the last Jedi like like they need the more like they need the money, and also um, there may be something to what you're saying about um, the last Jedi might not be making as much money uh, because in addition uh, Lucasfilm is currently discussing ideas for the next ten years of Star Wars films which may feature the sequel trilogy characters like Ray Finn and Poe beyond Episode Nine. So we might see more movies with those with that set of characters beyond the sequel trilogy. I knew that was going to happen. You know, and they're becoming popular characters. People are going to want to see more. Yeah, especially but, like the newer generation Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Like you're one of the older gener- the older generation. Yeah, like you want to see Skywalker. You know, the Skywalker story just like end. Yes, you're ready for that. Mm-hmm. Now there's a newer generation of Star Wars fans, but yet the yeah they've seen they went back. Saw the originals, saw the prequels. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting this new one, but that these are their like Ray is their Luke Skywalker, Finn is their Han Solo. Yeah. So of course they're gonna want they're gonna want to see more of their characters. They have grown relationships with these characters. They're mm-hmm. gonna want to see more. Yeah, I, I I can. There there's definitely something to that, and unfortunately, I I think it's just it's I think Star Wars is oversaturated enough as it is. Like not just with the movies, but also with the merchandise that's constantly produced, and I think that this is just a law of diminishing returns. Like if you if you're gonna make more movies with with this with the sequel trilogy characters, it's gotta it's gotta go to a point like it's gonna end up like the like the old Star Trek movies, where like you like you still use the old cast like from the Next Generation and even the original series, and then each movie got a little a, a little worse as it went on. And it's like I haven't seen the Star Trek movies, like the recent, the Chris Pine ones. 
like the Chris Pine ones are they're fu- they're fun. They're fun action movies. But like if you look at the the original Star Trek movies, like it kind of got worse All as right. as it went on. Um, what did I say? Disney just told theaters to get on your knees. Any Star Wars movie is going to make bank. What eight? What eight has more Luke and his? And is the last time you see Princess Leia is gonna make a shit ton of money? It is. I just really don't think that it's gonna make as much as seven. Mm. Yeah, but that is a point because Leia's gonna be a nine too as well, right? Uh, she was, but she's not going to. I don't think. Yeah, I remember. I remember us talking about it in one of yeah. the headlines, but I just forgot. Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. So, I mean, Disney. You know, sl- I would say slow, slow y'all's roll because. You know, because this is going to get into the next headline because I have some words about this. I mean, not only are they demanding more money, but apparently uh, Disney has been in talks with 21st Century Fox to sell, for 20th Century Fox to sell most of their company to Disney. So uh, it's, there's nothing that's been official yet, but apparently this has been reported on uh, CNBC where uh, 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 Disney is trying to acquire 21st Century Fox's uh, movie studio their TV production, their entertainment networks, and their international assets, which does include, of course, the X-Men film franchise. Can you imagine a Disney-fied Deadpool? That's what I'm afraid of. I want them to leave Deadpool alone. Leave Deadpool alone, but take the X-Men back. But keep it Mm. in a separate universe. I like how, I like the idea of separate universes, mm-hmm. but even in like a lot of the comics, you know, we've seen Spider Man versus Wolverine. I actually have that um, trade paperback from like the eighties. Oh wow! Um, like we we've seen X Men team up with Avengers many times, you know, throughout you know throughout their lifetime. So it's it, it's kind of like there's like there's pros and cons to that. It's like as fan, you know, as Marvel fans, like we would love to see that. Mm-hmm. But then there's another side of me that's like, I think I think I like the fact that they're in two separate universes. Yeah. So I'm really on, I'm on the fence with that one. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Um, I mean, on the one hand, seeing Marvel, you know, I would be it would be a curious thing to see how Marvel Studios would handle. Or, or Disney in particular would handle the X Men film franchise after right. Fox has had it for so long, but on the other hand, I'm I'm opposed to it because right now I do like Fox's handling of the X Men film franchise now because it's, they're starting to take more chances with the series in a way that Disney just wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah, because Disney's a uh, is a family company. Yeah, like, like that's that's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. They're they're a family company, so you're not gonna see any. You'll see some deaths in the MCU, but nothing to your disturbed liking. Well, I mean, for for dramatic purposes, for a stronger storyline is what I'm saying. You know, I'm not cheering for death for death's sake. I mean, I'm not Thanos or anybody. You want that? Don't even lie. I kind of a little yeah, bit, see, exactly. but but you know, I mean, I th- I think that this is a, this is a not only creatively. Like it, it would comp. It was. It would be sort of like a creative compromise where Disney would never make a film like Logan or the new no, or the won't. or the or Deadpool. or Deadpool or the New Mutants. They would never make a horror film in that vein. I'm looking forward to that one. I am too. That's going to be pretty awesome. But um, but this but this is also pretty disturbing too because this is an example of of 
media consolidation run amok where we have six big companies, six of the biggest media companies which control over 90% of what we see in the media, like mm-hmm. movies, television shows, news, etc. They're like, there's Disney, Time Warner, Comcast, News Corp, which owns Fox, Sony, and National Amusements. Which is owned by Vivendi. Yep. And... Um, and if Disney acquires a 21st Century Fox, then by and large, that's going to reduce the big six to big five, just five companies uh, consolidating all the media that we see. And that's going to really compromise like not only independent, independently produced content, but also unique content that's being produced as well. So you're, you're going to get, the, you're gonna get, the, you're gonna get the, the same fast food-ass movie that you know Marvel Studios churns out and all this. You're going you're, you're gonna to get more... Fast and Furious movies, or in that Yay. same vine, you're, you're gonna you're, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get popcorn munching, mouth breathing, master bubble rubbing, masturbating. There's more to it. I know there is school bunking, book hating. We need to make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. We should. We should. Yeah, you're gonna get more movies for like the mouth breathers and nose pickers in the audience that will, that will not be challenged. That you know. It's going to be the same level of content, same quality content that you're going to sit there just like <laughs> eating your popcorn and shit. Not- yeah, this motherfucker over here wants to. Okay, marvelous film. Just bravo. Oh, the pinks and greens on the screen. Oh, the cinematography. Oh, man. I mean, there's no explanation to this plot, but just all the classical music and the orchestra that's in there. Oh, bravo. Bravo. Man, if you don't shut your bougie ass up. I am not bougie, okay? Bougie as fuck. Listen. Especially when it comes to movies. I am not bougie. Listen, just because my taste is rather cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan taste, yeah. Yeah. While we just like to have fun, going to the movies is supposed to be fun. It can be fun, but it doesn't mean like like your every movie doesn't have to be like that. Your idea of fun is turning your brain off and just letting the images wash over you as you're eating all that salt-filled GMO. Oh now, GMO he's get, now he's gonna get into his health food kick. That salt, salt, salt laced GMO laced trans fat laced popcorn. Some damn trans fats and salt. No, I don't. Balance your, balance your ass out. Listen, man. Bottom line is media consolidation. Down with some hardcore beer. Beer? Yes. I, I drink beer from time to time, socially. Mm-hmm. Sam Adams, craft beer at, at various restaurants. You know? I don't I don't drink Budweiser. Budweiser and Heineken, that's swill. That's piss. That's 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 that's, that's shit, okay? That's, Heineken I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Of... Yeah. The the fast food of beers. Bud Lights, F that. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Actually, eh. Yeah, that's 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 hipster beer. Ugh, gross. I wouldn't even call that hipster beer. Hipsters have more taste in that. Trust <laughs> me, you should know. But. Whatever, man. F you. I'm, I am not a hipster. But bottom line is, media, media consolidation is bad. Sucks. Right, let's get to this next headline because I am amped. Yes, I'm amped. I'm amped too for this one. Uh, and this was posted on our Codex Prime uh, Facebook page. Of course, I did. Yeah, I got onto that one. Yes. Uh, hold on, Vic. I drink, hold on, Evan. I drink fancy beer too. Yeah. What, what, what kind of beer do you drink? Harpoons is my favorite. Blue Moons, Sam Adams. Mm. Pretty much almost anything but Coronas and Bud Light Limes. Yeah. Guinness? No, I don't like Guinness. Guinness is just basically carbonated dirt. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of Guinness myself. Very bitter. No disrespect to people who do drink it, like being mm. OTs his own, but yeah, that shit is gross. Yeah, very dry. But anyway, uh, this has been posted on our Facebook page. Uh, the Lion King live-action cast has been announced. Uh, Donald Glover will be playing Simba. Beyonce Knowles Carter, the Beehive, will be playing Nala. Uh, James Earl Jones returns as Mufasa. Ain't nobody else playing that damn role. Of course not. They, I swear, if James Earl Jones was to die now, they might as well take the audio from the old, from the <laughs> 1994. It was 94, right? Yeah. The 94 movie and just put it in there. And I'll still be happy. Honestly, if they actually recite the whole movie, the old movie word for word, I'll be happy. Just live action, just because I love that movie so much. I do like, too. Let me tell you, like when we were kids, we, me and my sisters, like lived, like ate, lived, breathed Lion King. Mm. Like we know that, but still to this day, we know that movie word for word. Wow, it's one of those movies you can quote for yes. Yes, that one and don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. That's more just me. Message. Yeah. Yeah. I can also quote uh, Coming to America. Oh, yeah, that one bottom. too. Yeah. That's yeah. actually, I would probably say Coming to America is my all time favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Respect, respect. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we got him, uh, James Earl Jones returning. Uh, Chiwetel Ejio 4 playing Scar. Very interested in that. Uh, yeah, I am. Yep. I am. Either him or Idris Elba. No, I think Idris Elba would have been too on the nose because he played uh, Shere Khan in the Jungle Book. Yeah, so it's like, okay, let's let's give somebody else a chance at that Disney money, even though Chiwetel, even though they're both making that Disney money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Chiwetel, he was in Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah. Uh, Alfre Woodard, she plays Sarabi. I'm Uh, okay with that because, I mean, fortunately, you know, Matt Sinclair passed away years ago. Oh, yeah, R.I.P. John Oliver plays Zazu. I like that. Okay, I'll take it. I'll mm-hmm. take it. And, you know, Rowan Atkinson. Yep. You know, he nailed it the first time, but, you know, I'm okay with it. Mm. Yep. Because uh, John Oliver is awesome. Uh, John Connie, he's playing Rafiki. That was, uh, he played T'Chaka in Civil War, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. And uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner will respectively play uh, Pumbaa and Timon. I'm okay with that. I like Seth Rogen, so I'm like, you know what? Sure, why not? Yeah, Seth Rogen as as Pumbaa in, a, in another Seth Rogen-esque role. I can, yeah. I, I can dig that. And uh, John Favreau, who directed the live-action Jungle Book last year, is going to be directing this live-action remake, which comes out summer 2019. And they never, received, they never like, showed the trailer. Yeah. There was a trailer that was showed, like, at the DisneyCon, like, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And the same time where they showed with a bad copy of the Infinity Wars trailer. Yeah. Drop. Well, nobody did the same thing for The Lion King. And they're saying, like, it's amazing. Oh, I, I bet. Because um, the, the Jungle Book is phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know it looked, it looked great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and whereas The Jungle Book, like, John Favreau's version was better, in my opinion, better than the uh, original animated classic. This one, that's a generate. It's gonna be. It's a, I that I'll stick to my argument and say that's a generational thing. Perhaps yeah, there may be some like your parents there. who your parents would probably say like, oh no, I love the original Jungle Book, mm-hmm. you know, and they wouldn't even give two shits about the John Favreau one. Yeah, I'm Which... still in both. I'm still in both, but my heart's still with 1994. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. 
I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm sure I will show up like I'm from Wakanda, my damn self. Yo, are you gonna wear a dashiki? I'm wearing. I'm gonna be dressed up like I came from coming to America. <laughs> it's just like how I am with Black Panther. This is beautiful. What is that velvet? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, and especially like I think we'll definitely be in for like a real treat. And summer 2019 looks looks to be a really good. Summer for film, especially with this one coming out. I think that this, I'm expecting this to be on par with the classic 94 uh, version, but we'll see. That's what I'm expecting to, and it better be. Mm. It better be. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, other news, other surprising news here. Uh, Blockbuster Video, remember that? They, yes. Yes, Blockbuster Video still lives in Alaska. Uh, despite going bankrupt in 2010, there are 10 Count them, Ty Dillinger, 10 blockbuster video stores that still exist in the United States, with more than half of them in Alaska. And a prime. There's one in Texas, but I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know which city in Texas? I forgot. I remember seeing the, um, the, an article like months ago. Oh, wow. But I know one's in Texas. We still have the blockbuster building mm-hmm. up on Park Avenue, Cranston. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yep. That's across from a Roger Williams Park, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Um, a prime reason why Blockbuster still survives in Alaska is due to how expensive Wi-Fi is in the state, how spread apart the small towns are, and the lack of wide availability for un- unlimited data for many of the residents living up there. So Blockbuster is a necessity, and they're making bank. Yeah, remember those... Um yeah, I remember Blockbuster used to have these video game tournaments. I remember one where you had to play two games. It was NBA Jam and Judge Dredd. Yeah, I do remember that, actually, yeah. Yeah, I took part of that. Hmm. Lost. But oh. I was okay with it. Oh, did you make it far, or did you lose, like, the first round? Oh, yeah, it was definitely first round. Mm. Yeah, because I remember, like, they had, like, special, like, cartridges that you could they had, down, uh, had on display. Yep. Yeah. I, oh, man. I have so many good memories of Blockbuster Video, man. Friday night. Yo, Friday nights were popping over there. Yeah. I, I rented so many Super Nintendo games. like Sega games, movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a Blockbuster Video just like on Atwell's Ave. Like right now, that's where a laundromat is. And years ago, like the last movie I rented there was Belly. On, on VHS, <laughs> and this was back in '98, and and the one. Oh, I can't even remember the last thing I rented from there. Yeah, man. Possibly Mortal Kombat Two. Annihilation. No, the the video game. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Wow, man, man. You know, rental rental spots, man, are pretty obsolete, especially with like Netflix and streaming oh, yeah. services. Yeah. yeah, and then GameFly and stuff. Yeah, mm. I mean, unless it's like, like I, I don't see how viable it would be. Like, even if you had like a mom and pop rental place, like just renting like like obscure, like l- hard to find type joints. Even then, it's kind of like, you know, what's the point? Because you can still find those same ones. Like, on yeah, there's way, there's ways of getting these games. So. Yeah, and then not to mention you can just download them. True, legally, purchase them legally. Don't be like some other people. Right. Okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did not just say Annihilation was off awesome, Afton. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mo- yes. She likes Mortal Kombat Annihilation. She does. Okay, Afton, just for saying that. Watch, no, 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 no. Watch it now. Mm-hmm. 
and then you you change your mind. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, um, it was fun when we were what eleven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, watch it now. We're just like, oh damn. Yeah. Was, oh. I still say Mortal Kombat was the best like video game movie. I'll agree. That and uh, the first Silent Hill. I haven't seen the first Silent Hill. Oh, uh, the first Silent Hill is actually legit good. It's actually on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Afton, um, your you any any your movie your movie taste is null and void for liking Annihilation. So any discussion you have henceforth and when it comes to movies is revoked. I'm sorry. Get your life. Bye. Well, look who's finna get cussed out. <sighs> yeah, but um, anyway, <clears throat> she loves when your eyebrows dance. <laughs> it might be your monitor or your smartphone check your display anyway uh, some other news here uh, Wonder Woman is now the highest grossing superhero origin film ever uh, Wonder Woman has grossed 821.75 million dollars worldwide which narrowly surpasses the previous record holder of the superhero origin movie 2002's Spider-Man which has made 821.70 million dollars worldwide very narrow breaking of the record so big ups to wonder woman and patty jenkins sure it's a great movie carl do, <laughs> do not it was a good movie i did enjoy it i did enjoy it good i did enjoy it I yes just, i just like pissing you off right do not besmirch the greatness of wonder woman all right sure f you man <laughs> uh and speaking of comic book movies and money she said she was kidding yeah you better <laughs> She'll be jazzed. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, anyway, uh, Marvel. Anyway, another movie. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Another comic book movie making news. Uh, Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe becomes the first film franchise in history to make five billion dollars domestically. Uh, Marvel Studios has achieved this milestone after the $100 million-plus debut of Thor Ragnarok this past weekend. And, of course, April 2018 will mark the 10-year anniversary of the MCU's debut in theaters. $5 billion. Hey, well-deserved. I'll say so. I'll say so, even though, even though I have some words about their downturn in terms of the quality of their latest movies. I'll, I'll, my, I'll tip my hat off to, to the Marvel Studios. It is an achievement. And uh, lastly, and the last news headline here before we talk about Thor Ragnarok, uh, Taika Waititi uh, has confirmed a sequel to What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, Waititi confirmed rumors that he and his co-writer and co-director, Jermaine Clement, will be working on a sequel called We're Wolves. Get it? It's a pun. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. However, Waititi also said that it may be some time before the script is finished, as Shadows took six years to write. Um, if you haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows, which is directed by Taika Waititi, it's an awesome vampire mockumentary uh, comedy film. Um, I I love it. Watched it as well as uh, his his latest film before Thor Ragnarok, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which I reviewed on this podcast last year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that does it for the news and headlines. And right now, we're going to get into the main event, talking about Thor Ragnarok, which dropped this past weekend. Uh, we got, And uh, naturally, there's going to be some spoilers. Yeah, yes, get that spoiler warning out the way. Yes, there's going to be spoilers of the film all over the shop. So if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, then hit the mute button so we can keep the views up on this episode. And go watch it if you want. 
or if you don't care about spoilers, hey, stick around. We love to have your viewership and I know listenership. people who do that, and I'm just like, yo, I hate spoilers. Yeah. I really do. I really do. I, I do, too. Like, I, I try to avoid spoilers, spoilers as much as I can. Um, but yes, uh, now you've been warned about spoilers, so let's get into Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is, I believe, the 17th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's the third film in the, in the Thor trilogy. And it takes place two years after the, after the events of Age of Ultron, where Thor is has to contend with the reemergence of his older sister, uh, Hela, played by Kate Blanchett, who vamps it up from scene Yo, to scene. She good. I was like, wow, Kate. She she was work she was working that role. Oh yeah, she was rocking the house, and uh, she's uh and she's going to bring about Ragnarok, which is the the impending destruction of Asgard. So it's up to Thor, Loki, and uh, the Hulk to put a stop to uh, the destruction of his home, of his home and his uh, realm. So, with that said, Carl, what did you think of Thor Ragnarok? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had um, I had a very good time uh, watching it. I um, slight Guardians feel, mm. especially with this, with, you know, with the Led Zeppelin. But that was pretty much the only pop song that was really used. I think there was probably some other. Was it the immigrant song? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Immigrant song. That's the name of it. Yep. I got. Uh, I'm gonna go more. I'm gonna go more in depth to my with my Easter eggs that I was discovered. That I um came across, mm-hmm. but um, I you know different different approach in the Thor movies, more comedic. Yep. And so you know, unlike you know the original one in um, Dark World, which were a tad bit more serious. Yeah. But I still, I still, I enjoy myself. I had lots of fun, fun watching it. I love like. I, I like how Chris Hemsworth is like embodying the role of Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the you know the change with I didn't agree at first with the change, but you know with him cutting his hair, mm-hmm. uh, with Stan Lee cutting his hair, you know, like <laughs> you know. And the thing, one thing I love about Stan Lee's Stan Lee cameos, like you know they're gonna be there, but it's like they they come out of nowhere. Yeah, they do. Like I just was not expecting like when's this, and you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. I wasn't thinking about it, and next thing you know, I'm like, "Oh shit, that there's it, there it is," mm-hmm. and you just love them every time. Yeah, like they like they're insignificant roles, but it's like they just they bring you so much joy. They do. I agree. Like every time, every time I see Stanley on 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 the screen, I'm like, "Hey, that's the man right there." Yeah, he is. Yeah, dude's a god. Oh yeah, absolutely. He he he's a god amongst men. Yes, he is. Hashtag God amongst men. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I would say I would say you know it has slight faults, very slight faults, but still enjoyable nonetheless. Mm, okay. All right. How much did you hate it? Um, I did not hate Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, I I found it entertaining. I did find it enjoyable. Definitely better than Guardians Two. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Even though it does have a similar vibe, uh, but it I, for me thor ragnarok was brought down by a number of problems that i had with it i thought that the i thought it leaned way too heavily into into comedy because thor ragnarok is just basically a full on comedy which is sort of like it it, it kind of came off as like a self parody like it was making fun of itself and yeah i can i can see i can see why you would say that yeah but which is fine but i i don't think that the the comedy fit with the 
with the with the tone of the film's story, like what it's about, right? Because because the story of the film does does delve into some serious, serious stuff. stuff. Yeah, in, in, in Apocalypse of Asgard. Yeah, like the yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah, so that, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty deep. Can be depressing, so I can see why they would want to like add some comedy to it. Because mm-hmm. Thor and Hulk have amazing chemistry. They do. Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo, like genius. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I enjoy I enjoyed like their back and forth banter. It's literally like our back and forth banter. Kinda, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I can see that. You know, big dumb lunkhead and a smart guy. Yeah, I get that. But um, yeah, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I rocked into that one. Yes, but uh, oh, I walked into that one, you jerk. Yeah, I mean, it was there. It it was it was fruit. It, it was there. No, you took it. You did what you're supposed to do. You took it, and I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> I got to. I'll take the L on this one. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like like. But Thor is the more popular character. Eh, yeah, but but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Like, cause the thing is, the thing is, like, you have a serious plot which deals with a bunch of heavy stuff, like the aforementioned destruction of Asgard. Right. You have um, you have a resurgence of Hela. Resurgence of Hela. You have the death of Odin, and 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 the re- and I was. And you know it was so weird because like when Anthony Hopkins' character Odin when he faded away, I didn't feel I felt you didn't feel it. You didn't cry. Yeah, you didn't cry as you tend to do in movies. No, like I wasn't gonna cry anyway. But like I I I didn't feel any emotional investment because because like because of the way Marvel handles characters' deaths most of the time. It's like is he gonna come back? And it shouldn't be that way. I think I, I knew okay, I knew he was gonna come back, but probably as far as like a flashback or maybe some type of like vision. Yeah. I think if he does come back, it'll be just like that. I honestly think probably at this point now, Thor I mean Odin is gone for good. Yeah. I think so. And um But I do love how I love too I love Anthony Hopkins playing Odin. Oh yeah, he does bring that gravitas to that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you have like some other heavy elements like that. Um, you have uh, Bruce Banner's identity crisis, being the Hulk for two years straight, yeah. and not remembering any of it when he becomes Bruce Banner again. And like some of the, like the mental and psychological torture he must have gone through. Like the film uses that as like just more more comedy fodder. You also have a uh, Valkyrie, who's awesomely played by Tessa Thompson, who's dealing with some. Wicked PTSD, like drowning her sorrows in alcohol because she's the last surviving Valkyrie because of Hela. She can handle her drink. That girl can drink. That character can drink. Oh yeah, she can drink, drink anybody. Me under the table. Oh yeah, absolutely. She drinks like like eighty gallon jugs like it's nothing. Um, then you have yeah, like the effort once you know she kind of like it. she's been. Of course, she was catching like a lot of like a lot of backlash for that. For what? For drinking? No, for playing Valkyrie. Oh, because of because she's Cause black. Valkyrie, yeah, because obviously Tessa Thompson was black. Oh yeah, the character Valkyrie is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, that comes with the territory. She still like nailed it. Absolutely, and and to those uh, racist ass fans, get with the times, people. It's twenty seventeen. We're almost in twenty eighteen. But yeah, Tessa Thompson, oh, gosh, like I say, she kicked ass in her role she as did. Valkyrie. Definitely did. Like I, that's what I'm saying. And then what did what did you think of Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum, man, because you gotta love Jeff Goldblum. He was Jeff Goldblum. Uh, he, he his character was the Grandmaster, but it was basically Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum playing himself. Yeah, like at his most Goldblumiest. Like it was like Jeff Goldblum, like he knew what type of movie this was, so he decided to play a caricature of himself. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, and it, it seemed like it worked. Yeah, 
it worked. It worked for me. It did. It did. Like like for him, like he nailed all of his scenes, and even and despite the fact that like there was a a conflict between like the comedy of the film and the serious the serious tone of the plot itself, like he still made it work. Yeah. So I mean, I I can see where your gripe is to it. It's like the um the balance. Mm-hmm. wasn't quite there there was a little more com- more comedy than it was seriousness mm-hmm. you know to what the story was like i do see it like it wasn't quite balanced yeah but yet still entertaining there was still you know there was still things that worked like mm-hmm. for instance this is actually uh, one of the easter eggs when um when hulk jumped out of the jumped out of the, sp- the spaceship yeah and we're we're expecting him to land as the hulk mhm but then just <laughs> oh he splats like oh there's a there's a scene in the climactic uh action scene where Hella she she summons her her giant Fenris wolf like to to um to attack a Heimdall and all the retreating Asgardians that are trying to escape the planet and or the realm rather and then and then uh, Valkyrie's gunning the the wolf down but the bullets have no effect I want to see more of Heimdall I do too like. I mean, I don't think he. I don't think Heimdall, Heimdall's not big enough to have to get his own movie. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't. Know, I just want to see more of him. Maybe like if there's gonna be like a Thor four, or he's probably gonna have a. He's probably gonna have a slight role in Infinity Wars. But mm-hmm. like, yo, I never realized how much of a badass character he was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you cast somebody like Idris Elba, I mean, you got to have give him more to do than just like standing at at the Bifrost guarding a sword, right? Yeah, I mean, like, like I, I mean, I th- I thought it was it was great seeing him kick ass more more than definitely, he did yo, in definitely. A previous two. I was like, yo, I was like, good shit, like, yeah, but like, but yeah, like. Um, I will say like that was one like getting back to that scene that I was talking about like that was a that was a genuinely funny scene that I actually got a chuckle out of where right. where um, Valkyrie's shooting the wolf the, the bullets have no effect and Bruce Banner's like well I know what to do and like watch me you jump off he jumps off the ship you expect him to turn into the Hulk but all of a sudden it's like like a Family Guy pratfall yeah. right right in front of the wolf and the wolf just like is like sniffing him and you get the yeah like first of all like how he's how he's not dead we'll never know but he's bruce he's got the hulk inside of him yeah so i guess that protects him comic (laughs) comic book physics i suppose marvel physics yeah comic book physics yeah um but but yeah that was that was a genuine that was a genuinely good good laugh um but you know like i said like yeah, go on. There was just, there was a lot of those points. There was a lot of those points, like oh, the battle between Hulk and Thor and the contest of champions. Yeah, I actually had a good laugh at that. Um, like I said, like I mentioned before, the banter, you know, the banter between. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ga- the banter between uh, Hulk and Thor. Yeah. Oh, like there was this, there, like when when um, Hulk's nude scene. Oh yeah, you see, you see green, green butt cheeks. Yeah, you but he, he's like, wait, oh, you're naked. Wait, it's, yeah, I see. Oh, it's in the brain now. It's in my brain. <laughs> like you, you know what Thor saw, so that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but the contest of champions that was actually a genuinely fun scene, especially like in the beginning where um, where Loki he's just cringing in his seat because he has flashbacks. He kn- yeah, flashbacks <laughs> of what? Which is Hulk another Easter egg that I'll get into. Yeah, and um, and then um. Uh, you, you see, uh, you see them going at it in in the arena, and and how that ends. And 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 I, and I did like, I did like 
I did I did appreciate the characterization of the Hulk because he's basically like a big green kid like yeah. with like just like a little temper tantrums here and there. Afton says Hulk has a great ass. Well, okay. Eye candy for the ladies. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, I mean, there I, I did I did enjoy their banter, especially when uh, Mark Ruffalo does make an appearance as Bruce Banner, and you see that his camaraderie with Thor, especially like his password on the on the Quinjet right. password as strongest Avenger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, thing was uh, Thor's was Point Break, Point yeah. Break, which was a movie, another Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Because I think Tony Stark gave Tony Stark gave him that password. Yeah, because he because the first like, Avengers movie. Yeah, because he looked like Patrick Swayze a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Point Break, the original? No, I don't think I remember. Oh, you gotta! If you haven't seen it, that's an that's a kick ass action movie. '90s cheese, so fun. Oh god. <laughs> With Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, Sur- Surfer Robbers. With guns. Was it good? Was it as good as Surf Ninjas? Better. Okay. Better than Surf Ninjas. Uh, but yeah, um, so I really thought that their camaraderie worked. Although, like I said, again, it does downplay the seriousness of Bruce Banner's like plight. It should have it should have like given it a little more gravitas because it doesn't really explain how he got to how, how he got to Sakar and you know, like what how he transitioned into being a gladiator and and how he was forced into that role. It didn't really it kind of glossed over that. And you talk about Hulk, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think no, they I think they dabbled onto it just not very much cuz like it was from the age of Ultron where Hulk was on the Quinjet. Yeah. And the Quinjet just went Yeah, it just flew off. I guess it just flew off by itself, but Yeah. And know. then like he just happened to end up on um Sakaar. Mm. And then that's when he was fo- that's when he was found. I guess they managed to like capture the Hulk somehow, some way into mm-hmm. the conscious of champions, and he's their champion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, t- it's that's t- what I got out of it. That's what I put together. Like maybe yeah. there is something, there is more to it that will probably be explained later on. Yeah, and it's it's too bad that we won't get that full Planet Hulk movie from from Marvel because Universal, Universal does the rights. the rights. Well, I think they can still do it because the only thing is that the Hulk just can't be in a solo movie. Yeah, that's that's. So there can be a Planet Hulk, but there's there's probably some type of loophole with it. They don't have to have like some other side characters with. Mm-hmm. Like maybe with him with the Guardians or something. Yeah, or, yeah. But it does. It does on a positive note. It does make me want to read the Planet Hulk graphic novel because I actually haven't sat down and read it. Yeah, another graphic. A little off subject. Did you ever finish reading um Sun of Shaolin yet? I haven't even started yet. God, you need to be smacked. I mean, I have. I've had other books and other movies to catch up with. That man. little tea, that little trade paperback will only take fifteen minutes. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. But I've I, I got a, I got a huge queue of books I'm catching up on, man. Man, take fifteen minutes out of that. I I will. I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on that. I will. I'll okay. I'll review it next week. All right. Back to Thor now. Yeah. So um, so yeah. Uh, I I I will say um uh, one positive that I did enjoy, even though, even though she's just another you know basic Marvel villain of the week here like hello goodbye kate blanchett makes the most out of her role like she does she, as hella she, she does she vamps it up to 11 like she she knows exactly what type of material this is and she's like you know what if you're not taking this seriously i'm not either and she just goes for broke just straight up camps it up chews the scenery like home oh, just like a 
big piece of chicken like like how she like how she how she like shashays up and down like up and down the roads and how she like wrecks shit yeah like summoning like blades and spears nothing yeah like she read she learned she um learned capoeira for that role really yeah wow that's that's going above and beyond that role i'm okay with that as a former capoeirist Mm -hmm. i'm okay with that wow for it that's what's up, hey! Big ups to Kate Blanchett. I mean, because like she's one of my favorite actresses, and like give me like three movies that she's been in. That I'm pretty sure I've seen. Uh, she was in a let's see, Blue Jasmine, uh, Curious Case of Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, she was in Elizabeth, where she played Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Um, The Aviator. All right. Yeah, she's been in. She's been in a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she. Oh, and of course, Lord of the Rings, which you still haven't seen. Right. But um. But yeah, like she she just camps it up and she's just like Jeff Goldblum in that sense where she just goes for broke with the comedy and like she does she's entertaining every time she's on screen. Yeah, I love Doctor not to cut you off. I love yeah. Doctor Strange's appearance. Uh, I was highly I was highly entertained by that one as well. I didn't think it was necessary. Well, it's just a piece. Well, remember that the mid credits was it the mid credit or post credit? Yeah, it was a mid credit scene. Mid credit scene in Doctor Strange where Thor was talking to Doctor Strange. Yep. So it kind of I felt it kind of pieced that part together, pieced yeah. that together, bringing them. It's bringing everybody together because what yeah. Avengers? I mean, Infinity Wars is what this February coming up. Uh, this May. This May, yeah. Yeah. Black Panther's February. Yeah. I mean. So I mean, I think it, it is. It's starting. It's it's time to start bringing. More of these newer characters, like we already got the first, we already got everybody from Civil War in. Mm-hmm. So it's now it's time to just like bring more of these these newer characters that have that just came out since Civil War. Yeah, it's time to bring them in. Yeah, because Infinity War is basically going to be a culmination of everybody. Yeah, it's like that convergence we're beginning to see that. Yeah, so that that's why I felt it was necessary. All right, I mean, but I mean for me, like it was, I I thought it could have done without. The Doctor Strange, uh, uh, yes, y- yeah, I can see why you would say that, but I, but like I said, I still do stick to my point where like it's you know it's time to start putting putting the pieces together mm-hmm. for the big, yeah, you know for the big you know for the big film, yeah, okay, finish of this phase, I guess, yeah, and um and also like getting back to uh, uh Kate Blanchett as Hella, like she. Like she was just a devastating villain. Like she wrecked shit, shit so much that like, a like she was basically a one woman army. She didn't yeah. really, she didn't really need. She destroyed an army she by des- herself. By herself. So she didn't really need like an army of the dead. Like she didn't really need that. She didn't need it, but I mean, I guess it was necessary to have one. I guess just to like to further flaunt her power because that's why Odin locked her away because she was yeah. her ambition grew too much. Yeah, and like. And, and like also, I, I think like with the with the comedy aspect of the film, it did undercut the Warriors Three because yeah. they, they all got killed off unceremoniously. In fact, I even I even forgot that they were in the previous yeah. Thor movies. And in fact, like one of them didn't even make an appearance at all. Lady Sif, right? Yeah, she she was missing from the from Ragnarok. So I will say that like even though like the the last member of the Warriors Three, I forget. Was, I think his name was like Hogan. Like ho, ho, I was gonna say Horong from like Tekken, but <laughs> like similar similar. No, I name. think it was Hogan. Um, is it? I don't think his name is Hogan. Hogan? Oh, yeah, Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Rhode Island accent. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Him like he did have a last stand. Like he did go out, 
But even though like he went out like a G, I suppose, but because his character, like the rest of the Warriors Three and the previous Thor movies, didn't get, get got, they got very little development. So I wasn't, I didn't really feel too much of an emotional impact when he died by Hela's hand. So when I when I saw when I saw Hela summon that spear right through his chest, I'm like, eh, okay. So that so that's it. Okay, moving on. And that and that and that kind of shows how how the supporting characters in the original Thor movies got the short end of the stick where they could have been developed way more than, than they were. And if they were, then perhaps Thor Ragnarok could have had a little, had a much better balance of that, of the seriousness and the comedy. But, you know, that was just one thing that kind of bothered me about that. Um, Let's see. uh, What are, what, what, what are some other aspects that you like about, uh, Thor. That I liked, hmm. or or disliked, or something. Yeah, that some other up. aspects from Thor. Um... Oh my God, what was his name? Hold on, I gotta look through my notes real quick. All right. He was a. Uh... Like what was he? The the rock guy. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Oh, the the rock character. Um, begin with an H. Yeah, there there there's a there's a rock character in the film. Yeah. I'm, Oh my God, it's driving me. I'm pissed Who, right now because I can't remember. Yeah, he looks like a blue gladiatorial... Blue, the, the blue, blue thing. thing. Like a blue gladiatorial version of the thing. And he's actually played by the director, Taika yeah, Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi, who actually voices and provides the motion capture for him. Korg. Korg, yeah. Um, I will say that like his character... I, I was, like his cool, calm, and collective demeanor. I, I did. He's like, oh, well, there it goes. Oh, there's Doug. I did like uh, all the names to like choose like Doug. Yeah, I thought he. I thought his because, I mean, you could tell like Taika Waititi like he he did lend his like his off his comedic offbeat comedic sensibilities right to that character. But I thought it was a little too much, especially when Asgard was destroyed. When Asgard was destroyed by um by the, the demon Surtur from the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. where he actually caused Ragnarok and destroyed Asgard, and then like when you see the destruction of Asgard, you have this Corp character make a make a make a silly ass joke, which undercuts the seriousness of what we just saw. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like fuck you, movie. It's like it's like. That's the, and that's and that's one of the biggest problems I had with that. Like when you had that that moment, which which the whole film was working towards the destruction of Asgard, you undercut it with a stupid ass joke, and it, it's like Marvel's so afraid of 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 letting of letting the kids go down leave with a downer that they're like, oh, we got we got to put smiles on your faces again. Yeah, I mean, they have to do it. They're no, they, they don't. They're a family no, they don't. company. They, they have to. They don't have to do that. They don't. They don't have to put smiles on kids' faces at no. the expense of the drama, at the expense of the storytelling. It's that too did, much. That didn't bother. That didn't bother me. It that, it. that didn't bother me. And more or less, I I lo- I love comp. I just love humor. I, like even in serious moments, maybe me in serious moments, like. I'll be having a serious discussion with people and I'll just like throw a little joke in there just to kind of liven it liven it up just a tad bit. But but that's it didn't seem you make it it's like you're kind of making it seem like it's overkill. It wasn't really overkill. I didn't really find it as overkill. I did find it overkill. I mean cause mind you, like in my view, like half the jokes in the movie fell flat. To me, it, half the jokes fell flat. Like especially some of the some of the lines from Jeff Goldblum's character, uh, the Grandmaster, like it was kinda like, Yeah, okay, buddy. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. You're you're gold blooming it up. Yeah, that's cool and all, but yeah, let's move on. I wish I read like some of the comics because I would have got to gotten more information on 
the grandmaster. Maybe we'll probably hear from like Jim, Jim mm. or Reagan and see if like was is the grandmaster's character just was he like that in the comics as well? Then mm. yeah, probably I'm not sure. Um, I will say like a, a positive of the film is that I d- I did like the look like the production design of the film like the oh, look yeah, that's in the Easter eggs as yep. well. Yep, like the look of the junk planet and also because it, it kind of has that like eight like cheesy eighties science fiction vibe and it, and you kind of hear that in its soundtrack to which I'll say the musical score the, the, the musical score of this film has the exact same problem as all the previous MCU films where the the music is super forgettable but I don't think because you know what it is I don't think they they need to make the um. I guess the the music they don't really want it to stand out like that. I don't know why though. Maybe it's just they just need like it need they need it to be there because you know a dead silent movie with no music was like probably like put make people put bullets in their brains. Yeah, like, it, it it would be too weird. Kind of like No Country for Old Men. Was that movie like that? Yeah, it had no music at all. Yeah, I wouldn't. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I, I couldn't watch it. Like I need. It's like literally to. Um, wait, what is? Marvel is to comedy and DC is too serious. Marvel is too comedy and DC is too serious. And Fox just sucks. No one, no one is ever gonna be happy. Uh, yeah, there's no satisfying victim. No, I mean that's that's unless that's, there's cancer involved. Oh, shut up. I mean, there's. Yeah, th- I haven't brought that meme up in a, in a while. So. Night. I mean that's that's that I would say with respect Eddie that's a little oversimplifying um, because uh, DC, I mean yeah DC, DC is is pretty dour especially with their last few movies except Wonder Woman it's because like and it's because like their storytelling in, in their last few movies has has been terrible uh, Fox I mean Fox at least they have a they have a good balance of comedy like with Deadpool which the comedy is appropriate and seriousness like with Logan so. I mean, but Marvel, Marvel has these has these characters where, where I know that they're trying they're trying to go for the widest audience possible, but they're but they're so obsessed with pleasing everybody in the audience that they undercut the seriousness and they undercut their own drama and they undercut their own storytelling to the point where it's all safe, it's all predictable, and it's like yeah, it's enjoyable, but at the end, but at the end, you're not compelled to watch most of their movies again. And 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 to get back real quick with the music, the music in Thor, I did appreciate that they tried to do something a little different by adding like a little techno, like eighties synth synth yeah. style to the score. But there wasn't there wasn't enough of it. There wasn't enough of it at all, and it was still had the same problem. Still an unmemorable score. Like you watch some of the best best superhero movies, like Batman, the classic Danny Elfman theme, Superman, the classic John Williams theme. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, awesome score by Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Those films have memorable memorable music. I don't remember none of those no songs from those movies. You don't remember the Danny Elfman score from Batman? Which Batman? The 89 Batman Returns and the animated series which uses the theme. Okay, th- okay, that but all I remember from that movie was Prince when it came to the music. I loved Prince. I'm sorry. I Hey, hey, Prince is the man, but yeah. really, really. Black and white, red and green. God, you have no <laughs> party man. Come on, listen, listen, well, party man. man was party, party man, back dance. What was dope too it was like Joker just brought. He's like Prince, and they just started like destroying the museum. I was like, that's yeah. an iconic scene. Yeah, it's a fun scene. It is. I mean, Guardians one, but Guardians one soundtrack was cool. It was. 
I would say Guardians 1 soundtrack was better than Guardians 2. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you're talking about like soundtrack of like of like popular music, then yeah, okay. But like the musical score, that's where it's like Marvel fails every time. But you mean something that you don't remember the theme from Batman or what about Superman? The, the original Superman with Christopher dun, dun, Reeves. Dun, 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 dun. No, that's Paul Jones. Shout out to the shit. Oh, damn. This this motherfucker this 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 brain just blew up pretty much. This motherfucker doesn't even re- remember the theme from Superman, John Williams, and this dude calls himself a nerd. Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna find a new co-host. But anyway, no, you're not. You know, who co-host can do the stuff I do for this show. <laughs> taking applications, people, but not. But um, but yeah, uh, the the music, again, same problem. Um, also, like I said, with the uh, with the replay value of Thor, Ragnarok. Like, like I said, I enjoyed it. But it's, it, it has the same problem with Doctor Strange. It has the same problem with um, Guardians 2. And, with, and, and even the same problem with Spider-Man Homecoming. B- movies, that, movies that are entertaining, but then you're not compelled to watch them more than once. I will. I mean, I'm mean, i a Marvel fan. I'm I, gonna. I mean, you will. I actually plan on, like, I put, like my neck, one of my, one of the things I plan on collecting is every single, well, actually every single Marvel film, even mm-hmm. the bad ones. Well, Thor: The Dark World. Every, oh, definitely the MCU's. Yeah, definitely MCU's. But I will actually go and get like the bad ones. Why? That's that's just a waste of money. Mm, you, just to, for the sake of having them. <sighs> like I'm still I'm still collecting my I'm still trying to collect my Marvel hip hop covers. Oh, the hip hop covers. That's that's a cool project. But like, don't collect the bad Marvel movies. Not just from the MCU. But do you really want Punisher: Warzone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, let, let, I mean, let's. You gotta draw the line somewhere. But, but we'll think about. We'll think about. Yeah, I know definitely MCU. Like definitely uh, MCU. But yeah, I don't. Like okay, maybe I'll think about the. Well, I'll think about some of the bad ones, like Fantastic Four. Uh, you don't. You don't. You don't want Fantastic Four. Yeah, but I always been. Have you seen the new Fantastic Four? No, I still haven't seen it. I still gotta have my bad movie day. Don't. I, I no. I told you I'm gonna have a bad movie day. <sighs> Godspeed, man. Well, I'm gonna watch the pre. I'm gonna watch the prequel Star Star Wars trilogy. Ugh, gross. Then that Fantastic Four movie. Ugh. I think that's pretty much a good chunk of my day, and I'll just end up sleeping. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Good luck to you, man. Cause that, that's a cha- that's a challenge. That that's a that's a that's a pretty good challenge. Um, that's like equivalent to a wing challenge. Hey, maybe. Um, about as challenging as watching a a, sh- a shitty Patriots game, I suppose. But um, stop getting these people started. <laughs> like you, listen. I'm telling you, from as a football fan mm-hmm. who grew up liking another team who didn't hop on the bandwagon in '01. Yeah. You don't want to. They're. They're annoyingly persistent. Persistently <laughs> annoying. Persistently annoying. Okay. So it's like, you don't want that in your ear. Well, I mean, the thing about... No, you don't want it in your ear. Just, I'm trying to save you. Just... It'll be over soon. Yeah, I mean... I mean I'll, it'll I'll, be over soon. I will say this. Uh, the Patriots will not make the playoffs, just so you all know. But... Um, but it's going to happen. But... Um, it's going to happen. They are. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, well... If you followed, you would know. But they, they definitely are. Yeah, whatever. I mean, maybe some of them will kick, get more concussions. I don't know how it works. But but yeah, uh, 
But like I said, um, with, with with Thor Ragnarok, but like I said, like with that, it's a movie that I, I, I've watched it once, but I'm not compelled to revisit it. It's just, it's, I'm just, I just don't have it in me to revisit it. Yeah, but you watch Mulholland Drive seven times, wouldn't you? Hell yeah. That's a great movie. But, but if we're talking about, if we're talking about just MCU movies, like I can still watch the first Iron Man. Okay. I watched it more than once. The first Avengers. Yeah, even, definitely. Even Age of Ultron. Um, all the Captain America movies, they're the best ones in my view in the MCU, especially Civil War. That's the best one overall. Overall, I would probably yeah, I would probably say that. You know what? That's going to be the question of the week. But keep going. Okay. Um, Ant Man still very enjoyable, even though it still has that same you know yeah the same formula, same but. formula. But it has enough charm, different char- unique charm in it that I can watch it again. But Doctor Strange because Paul Rudd reminds you of Maurice. <laughs> well, I mean. Well, no. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun movie. It was. It was. Like, um, but... Afton said you're a douchebag. How am I a douchebag? How am I a douchebag? How? Because Be- that Patriots thing. I told you to leave it alone. See, that, that's... I told see, you that's, to that's, leave that's, it alone. That, that's an example... Stop, go, stop keeping it going. Stop keep, don't keep it going. That's no. An, that's an example... Don't. don't of how Patriots don't, fans are sore winners. Don't. That's all I got to say. That's all I gotta say, but um. Can we move on to these Easter eggs? Yes, let's let's, let's get into some of the right. Easter eggs from okay. Thor because I know you got. Yeah, I, this is a lot. I got three pages worth, so I'm wow. trying to get through. I'm gonna try to get through these fast. Yeah. So let me let's start off with um the Led Zeppelin "Immigrant" song. Okay. Yep. All right. Now the li- the lyrics that they used constantly throughout the movie and in the trailers was, "The hammer of the gods will drive our ships to new lands." Mm-hmm. The, to fight the horde and sing and cry, Valhalla, I am coming. Mm. Basically predicted the end of the movie. Oh, wow. Did not know that. So, oh, me neither. Uh, so the, the, the song really does fit the Yeah, fit the movie. it does. Now you got... Okay, there you go. Yep, see, now you're getting hate. Now you're getting hate. Oh, Vic's such a hater. Is that what she said? You're a hater and... You know what you said? And you're an ass face. Ooh. We'll let you read that one later. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You read it. <laughs> All right, next one. Now the play on As- the play on Asgard. Mm-hmm. That little scene in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay, where Loki apologized for turning Thor into a frog, which actually did happen in the comics. Mm-hmm. And the actors in the play was Luke, he- who played Thor. Well, fake Thor in the movie was yeah. Luke Hemsworth. Okay. Which yeah. was Chris Hemsworth's brother. Yep. Matt Damon played Loki. Yeah, that was a surprise. I didn't even notice that <laughs> until like I saw the Easter. I'm like, wait, oh shit, that was Matt Damon. Yeah. And Sam Neill. That was Sam Neill. Sam Neill played fake Odin. I thought it was Leif Schreiber. No, <laughs> that was Sam Neill. Wow. Okay. That okay. makes sense. That was actually the first film that Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum were in together since Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. That's that's right. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty dope Easter egg. Yeah. And plus, Sam Neill, you know, he has that connection with uh, Taika Waititi because he was in his last movie, um, Hunt for the Wilder People. That was it. Yep. Okay. Um, next one. So when Thor was on Earth, his ha- his hammer was disguised as an umbrella, and then to change it back, he would tap it twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was actually reference in, in reference to the earlier comics in Thor, where his. When he was his alter ego, Doctor B- Doctor Don Blake, he mm-hmm. would tap his he would tap his cane on the ground mm-hmm. twice, and then he would turn back into Thor. Oh wow! Okay. All right, so Victor plays Asgard. 
How juvenile, Afton. Are we in seventh grade? Grow up. Get your life, girl. Bye. Move on. You you asked for this. You asked for this. I told you not to, but you asked for this. I'm keeping silent. I'm 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 enjoying these Easter eggs. You know. <laughs> All right. Where's that? All right. Now there was some shirt for some foreshadowing with their shirts. Okay. Okay. And while Thor was on Earth, Thor actually wears a green. He wears green and purple, foreshadowing his battle with the Hulk. Because what does Hulk? What colors are significant with the Hulk? Green. Green and purple. purple. Yep. Okay. Where Bruce Banner, he wears a Duran Duran shirt with their album cover Rio, mm-hmm. which contains the song "Hungry Like a Wolf," which foreshadows Hulk's battle with oh the Fenris giant wolf. Yeah, the Fenris wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Doctor Strange is wearing. Doctor Strange is actually wearing the Eye of Agamotto in his own film, if you remember, that he puts it away because he wasn't ready mm-hmm. to wear it. Yep. He's wearing it now, and apparently it looks like he's mastering the, mastering the mystical arts. Yep, the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. So then, all right. Next one. Odin was residing, was residing in the Shady Acres home. Yep. That is actually commonly Shady Acres is actually commonly used throughout Hollywood where it was the where it was used in Ace Ventura. Mhm. <laughs> Do you remember that was the mental institution that what? he Was it? That Ray Finkel was in was oh, in and yeah. he checked himself in. Right, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> South Park used it as a uh, retirement home as well as Happy Gilmore and in GTA Vice City. Yep, that's right. It was in there. Okay. Valkyrie, Tessa Thomas guy, was actually known as Scrapper 142, which was in reference to her first appearance in Incredible Hulk number 142. Oh, nice. All right. What's up, Anna? Um, okay, while Thor was in the tunnel, well, while Thor was in the tunnel when he was getting ready to meet the ma- the um the Grand Master, mm-hmm. the song Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka was playing. Was it? I, I I'm surprised I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't either. No. I, and just like in Willy hmm. Wonka, where they're going into the tunnel while the song was playing, it starts as something very pleasant, mm-hmm. but then it turns into something completely awful. Oh, like a like a Dallas Cowboys game. No, not at all, because we've been winning. Okay. All right? Yeah. So, yeah. Damn. Kiss my ass. <laughs> all right. Um, Loki claims that, okay, when um they finally meet up on, and, um, the, uh, Sakaar. Yeah, Sakaar, yep. It's <laughs> like the, the guy badass. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Loki claims that Thor, which is a, that Thor was adopted. Mm-hmm. Which was said by Thor in their first film. Yeah. Thor actually said that Loki was adopted. Yeah, he also said that in the Avengers. I believe so. I think yep. it was the first Avengers film. Yep. Alright. Um Okay, so Korg offers a you actually may like this one. Okay, Korg offers um, Thor a three-pronged spear, a wooden spear that kills vampires, if the three of them were together. Mm-hmm. That's actually a reference to Taika Waititi's film, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's pretty clever. Right. I, dig, I dig that. Yeah, I love you. I love finding these Easter eggs, because you're like, oh, shit. Mm. All right. Um, okay, the Grand Tower. Mm-hmm. The Grand Tower in Sakaar. Yep. And if you noticed it, it gave tributes to the past champions of the of the Grandmasters Contest of Champions. Yep. Where you saw the Hulk's face. Yep. But also the other ones that they actually pointed out were Man Thing, By Beast, 
Beta Ray Bill and Aries. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, Grandmaster calls he calls Hulk astonishingly savage, which is in reference to the Tales of Astonished comic series where the Hulk makes frequent appearances at. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The sun going down is what Black Widow would say to Hulk just to calm him down, and also the Hulk smashes Thor the same way he did Loki. Mm-hmm. In the uh, contest of champions. Yep, I saw that. Which was from the first event, first Avengers. While like Loki was so traumatized, mm-hmm. which is still my favorite scene from the first Avengers. Yeah, beauty god. <laughs> um. Okay. Hella goes through Odin's vault and sees the infinity and sees the Infinity Gauntlet and just like, that's fake. Yep. But if you re- and that's literally just Marvel just having fun with the fans. Hmm. So, because like, if you actually watch the first Thor, if you go, there's a scene in the there's a scene where they're in Odin's vault, and you can see in the background where you do see the infinity, the infinity gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So that's just. Oh. oh yeah, and then there's also that um, I think it ties into the Age of Ultron, where 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 Thanos is like, well, well no, uh, that, Thanos has the he yeah. has the real one. Yeah, but Odin in Odin's vault. It's a fake one. Oh, so I think that might that might have been like a little plot hole that they resolved. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but like I said, Marvel's just having fun with us. Yeah. As they tend to do. Yeah. Um. Okay. The Grandmasters games are called the Contest and Champions, which is in reference to the con- to the comic series. Mm-hmm. That's actually still go- ongoing to to this day. Yep. Uh, the Grandmaster calls on a servant named Carlo, which is actually in reference to a Planet Hulk car- um, artist Carlo. Pa- Pagalion, I know I'm saying that wrong. Okay. But yeah, that's in reference to him. Okay. Um, funny how you was mentioning how like, you know, the set, how it was all like 80s retro and stuff. That was actually yeah. a tribute to legendary artist Jack Kirby. Oh, that's right. So it was yeah. basically like Jack Kirby did the production design. Yep. Yeah. I I, I dig that. All right. Uh, Valkyrie mentions... Uh, p- mentions um, planet Xandar as a possible way to get back to Asgard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's actually the same planet from Guardians of the Galaxy where the Power Stone resides. Mm. Intriguing. Um, Hulk and Valkyrie, you know, you know that you they had they kept having those back those back and forth saying, I know where you, I know where you I know you from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I know you from somewhere. You know how they were going back and forth with that? Yeah. Well Hulk and Valkyrie were actually teammates in the Defenders comics back in the day. Oh, nice. So that explains that. Uh, okay, the spaceships. Um, um, Sakar were the Commodore, the Kingsman, the Statewood, and Stateswood. They mm. were all models of cars from by uh, Australian um, manufacturer Holden. Mm-hmm. So mm. is that Thor's password on the Quinjet was Point Break, which was given to him by Tony Stark in the first Avengers movie. Yep. Um, Loki stops to look at the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Yep, when I saw he's in that. the vault. You know, which is in reference to. Yep. The first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Banner fall. Okay, when Bruce Banner falls, but actually doesn't turn into the Hulk as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. That actually you he you that usually happens when he does fall. Mm-hmm. He turns into the Hulk. Yep. So they just decided to switch it up. Mm-hmm. How about we just not have it, let it happen, and it worked for everybody. It did. Yeah. Um. Scourge. Mm-hmm. You know that brief character. Oh, Carl Urban. Yeah. yeah. He actually dies the same way in Thor number 362. Oh. The same exact way. Oh, dual wielding the AKs? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Death, Dez, and Stroy. 
Yep, Des and Troy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Put them together and they destroy. I'm like, that's some fucking dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and Thor's electrical powers were foreshadowed in Age of Ultron. If you think back, he was giving. I forgot exactly which scene was it. Maybe I think it was towards the end, where Thor was almost getting ready to use his electrical powers, mm-hmm. but didn't quite do it. Hmm. I have to. I have to watch yeah, that again. I would again. have to watch it again because I was surprised on that one. Hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Why wow, I went through those pretty fast. Wow, lots of lots of interesting Easter eggs for yeah. sure. So I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll give Thor right around and that and that squirrel, you know, credit for for the cleverness of interspersing those. Easter eggs, um, but yeah, overall, uh, what overall, like, what's your overall opinion of Thor Ragnarok? Your final word? Let us word. know. Email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail dot com, in which somebody did. Yep, I, and I was also I was just asking you, Carl, like, what your final verdict of Thor is? I definitely say go just, go and um go and watch it. I almost said destroy because I was reading the screen, yeah. but like, <laughs> go watch the movie. It's very fun, very entertaining. Um. And it definitely and it pieces every it starts to piece everything together, hmm. which is going to lead up to uh, Infinity Wars. Yeah, I mean, if you're at this point, if you're invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you've watched all of them, then you might as well give this one a look. See, um, I'll say like for me, it is entertaining, but for, for speaking for myself, it does suffer a similar problem with Doctor Strange, Guardians Two. And it's Spider-Man Homecoming, in which you watch it once, and then you're not compelled to watch it again. Um, so for me, it doesn't quite have that replay value. I think it leans way too much with the comedy. But that being said, um, it's not a bad movie. It could have not been. At all. It could have been handled much better. I could say that. I can give it that. But, but I still enjoy. I still yeah. is thoroughly is definitely enjoyable. Yeah, it's actually worth the ratings that it got. I think it's I think it's rated too high. I think critics are a little giving it a little too much praise, a little too much credit. I don't think it deserves like a ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that what it got? Yeah, it's like over like ninety five or something. It's not. I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I give it like an eighty three, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of emails and Thor, our resident supervillain, yeah. John Haponic. John Haponic has emailed his thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. Oh, this is going to be so good. Uh, subject line reads, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess if I saw my homeworld being destroyed with friends and family behind me, a good joke about the foundation would make things all better. See, this is now I wish you didn't read. See, you read that. You've read that ahead of time. I bet you probably forgot about that part <laughs> until that until you read that email. Yeah. Uh, Thor's dab into comedy got old really quick. Again, whatever emotional value completely disappears at the end. Loki and Thor's relationship was wasted. In all honesty, I did not hate Thor Ragnarok, but I don't plan on watching it ever again. Wonder Woman is the current standard as a comic book film for me with its action, comedy, and emotional reach. My biggest gripe is again with another weak generic villain. Where exactly did Hela's weapons come from? Were gnomes building those inside her cloak really fast? At least tell me her power is focused on shadows or emotional pain, but seeing as how she defeated Asgard's army, she didn't seem to need those undead guys. I'm probably I'm probably overthinking a ridiculous comic ent- a cosmic entity's power, but her strength doesn't quite match up with Loki and Thor being bullied by random people. 
like Doctor Strange, Valkyrie, and Electronic Taser. Don't worry, my expectations are low for Justice League, but it'll still probably be better than Thor Ragnarok. Highly doubt that. <laughs> Resident villain John Haponic. Well, thank you, John, for your thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. So I guess we we pretty much are on a similar accord with this movie. Although, yeah, although I will say that I was vindicated by John Haponic when I visited him in Houston a couple weeks ago, where John has finally admitted to me that Batman versus Superman is in fact a terrible, awful film. He finally agrees. Video or he didn't say it. I just want to hear him say it. I personally want to hear him say it. Trust me, he's he said it. I nope. He said Post it. that video onto the Codex Prime podcast Facebook. I want to. Per- I personally want to hear you say it. All right. Good after me, John. Hey, you heard it. You heard it, John. Send send Carl a video message somehow. Uh, so yeah. What's our question of the week? Okay, well, we got to revisit last week's question of the week is what is your all-time favorite fight scene? Okay. All-time was very hard. I've been trying to think of think of one. I love the um I want to say I love the Civil War battle and battle in the airport. Um another one I did enjoy was um because of the dramatics of it even though it was nothing but just swinging paws mm-hmm. was Scar versus Simba in the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Just the dramatics of it, and the, yeah. you know the music, just everything about it. Yeah, it, it was powerful. So, um, and you said I said uh, the raid two. Oh yeah. yeah, that entire movie, of course. Yeah, the whole movie. <laughs> Not in Crank, the first one. Now Crank two is way better, actually. I, I enjoy both of them, but yeah. I got both on like a double Blu-ray mm-hmm. pack. Yeah. But um, Eddie Ortiz said that the raid that had some kick-ass fight scenes. Also, Kung Fu Hustle and The Matrix 2, The Smith Fight. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Drescher, Jim Drescher said, Ong Bak 2, The Last Fight Scene. Hmm. And Latifah Greenhow, her name's backwards, so ha, I figured that out, <laughs> uh, said, Hero at the Chess House. Oh, okay, yes. Hero is a beautiful film. Gorgeous. Yeah, plus the ones from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon were very good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Choreography is on point. Great. There's more. Yep, there's more. All right. All right. So Jim Savard said Predator fighting Alien and Alien versus Predator. <laughs> All right. John Aponic says easily Jackie Chan's Who Am I? The rooftop battle in Rotterdam, incredible. Brilliant choreography and the usual mix of comedy stunts and martial arts. That's a good one. That, yeah. Hmm. Um, Asia be like Cousin Asia. She said, what's love got to do with it when when Tina finally beat Ike's ass in the back of the limo? <laughs> you can't uh, laugh at domestic violence, but that was good. That was a good scene. I was like, fucking right, Tina. Show moves boss. Um, Dollar Store Films. Um, our buddy over there says, um, put the glasses on from John Carpenter's They Live. Oh, yeah. The five-minute alley fight scene. Chris Parvin, my man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Bella Ari 30 Ariana love mm. that girl by the way she said Kill Bill Volume 2 mm. uh, Jessica Concussion Inception when Joseph Gordon Levitt fights Zero Gravity and a bad guy oh yeah in, in the rotating yeah. corridor yeah I yeah. was thinking about that yep. and the FMK show says the raid ending 2 yeah the last fight scene was epic yeah oh, alright so this week's question of the week Hmm. Name a game that you love 
but never finished playing. Hmm. Never finished playing, but game that I love. Man. I gotta think about this one too. Uh, uh I would Hmm. Never finished playing. Um You know what? Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh really? You never finished it? Never that. finished it. Wow, that's that's surprising. Have you finished all the other GTAs? Like the main ones? No, I see just three and five. Oh wow, okay. So you skipped San Andreas? I played San Andreas. That was another one that I I played but never finished. Hmm. Okay. Um a game that I've that I love but haven't f- never finished. Um like uh, for me an an immediate uh more more recent example that comes to mind is Dark Souls 3. I thought you've been finished that. No, no. Like I I bought that last year but I still haven't fin- I still haven't gotten around to finishing that game. Like cuz I've had I've I kind of put it on the back burner for like yeah. to play other ones. So yeah, that's my answer. Dark Souls three. Oh, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh man, you gotta finish that game. That game is beautiful. It's like you can't. I, sometimes there was like some parts where I just could not like, I couldn't play because I was just in awe of the graphics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the graphics. I would get so distracted by that. Yeah, the graphics are incredible, breathtaking work of art. Um, oh, what about Resident Evil Seven? Have you finished that? Nope. I was getting so fr- I was getting fr- no Resident Evil Seven was rage quit. That was Rage Quit. That was Rage Quit. Did you play on normal? Yeah. And you. That you, was Rage Quit, though. You you gotta power through that game. That yeah. game is a shit. Uh, Eddie says Black Flag. Black Flag. I'm not familiar with that yeah. one. I know that's the name of Henry Rollins' band, but that's that's, <laughs> that's all I know. So uh, yeah, those will be up on our insta on our social medias within within a day or so. Yep. You can find us you can find all of our episodes on Facebook Live as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Yep. Leave us a five star review on iTunes as well to help us move up the ranks. And also December second, Codex one hundred at Raw Coco's Comics and what's the address? Uh one eighty two Academy, Academy Avenue. Avenue from at one o'clock. Yep. From 1 to 3 p.m. So just come through, buy some comics, and just join in on the show. Join in on the episode. This is your chance to actually get behind one of these mics and just shoot the shit with us. And yep. also, we will be at Rhode Island Comic Con this weekend. So yes. we're going to be doing the same thing that we did last year. We're going to be checking out some of the panels. We're going to be highlighting a whole bunch of cosplayers. Gonna be, you know, Just so come through. I'm going to be decked out in my Codex gear. I usually don't cosplay on... Yeah, I'll do the same as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, Comic-Con, we're going to be all up in that. Um, are you going to be for all three days or just Saturday? No, I'm just going to be there for Saturday. Saturday? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there for, for the three days. Well, two days because I'm going to skip the Friday show. Right. Uh, but but yeah, we're going we're gonna to be there. So that's going to be our main topic for next week's uh, podcast, talking about Comic-Con. And uh, yeah, so if you happen to run, if you happen to be in Comic Con and you run into either one of us, just say hey, what hey, up? Say hey, take a picture, whatever. We just we good. Just come kick it with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be a great time. Absolutely, fun for all, and I'm and I'm Mister Fun, as you as you all know. Are you now? Yeah, of course. The, y'all 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 know, but yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, uh, thank you all so much for joining us uh, tonight for the Codex Prime podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, join us next week. Same same Codex time, same Codex channel. Peace out, nerds. Later.